Welcome into another episode of Revere House Radio Midnight Riot Edition. I'm your host, Robert Shimp, and we appreciate you listening in as we continue to investigate different facets of Paul Revere's Midnight Ride leading up to Patriot's Day in Boston on Monday, April 20th. Today, April 18th, we will commemorate Paul Revere's ride, which happened 245 years ago today, by answering the question of what actually happened that night. Previously, we've discussed the fact that he was a known and trusted writer for the Sons of Liberty, and that he didn't shout, the British are coming, along his route, but rather stopped at houses along the way and said something to the effect of, the regulars are coming out. With these points established, we can get into the nuts and bolts of the evening. How did the night actually unfold for Paul Revere? As we discussed on Thursday, Paul Revere and Dr. Joseph Warren had known for some time that a major action from the British regulars was in the offing at some point in April 1775. And on April 18th, Revere and Warren's surveillance system of the British regulars paid off. Knowing an action was imminent, Warren called Revere to his house that night to give him his orders, which in Paul Revere's recollections were to alert John Hancock and Samuel Adams that the soldiers would be marching to the Lexington area in a likely attempt to seize them. While this bit of information was faulty, the primary goal for the regulars was to gather and take back the munitions in Concord and the area that uh, the colonists had been storing up. The need for the ride was indeed real. Revere left Warren's house around 10 p.m., alerted his friend Robert Newman at Christ Church, now known as Old North Church, to put their lantern signal system into motion. That evening, two lanterns were needed to alert Charlestown Patriots that the British soldiers would be crossing the river by boats, not by land at Boston Neck. The famous system, of course, was one if by land, two if by sea, and the soldiers were going by sea, the water route. Revere then retrieved his riding necessities, including his overcoat from his now famous house at 19 North Square. We hope to see you there soon and set out to the water in Boston's north end. Revere had wisely stashed a rowboat on the Boston side of the river, and Joshua Bentley and Thomas Richardson rowed him across the river to Charlestown. There he met up with Colonel Conant and a few Sons of Liberty who confirmed to Revere that they had seen the lantern, so the system worked. Upon receiving Deacon John Larkin's horse from Richard Devins, as an aside, the horse's name has been lost to the historical record, though all sorts of crazy names through history abound with Brown Beauty being the most likely of all names, but I digress. Revere was alerted to British patrols in the area, and he set off by moonlight around 11. Though he had avoided detection by the HMS Somerset, which was positioned in Boston Harbor, Revere was not able to avoid being seen by one of the roving British patrols. Shortly into his ride, Revere ran into two British regulars, but avoided capture in what sounds like a scene straight from Hollywood. Revere was able to outpace one rider, while the other British regular became stuck in a clay pit and could not continue his pursuit. Avoiding capture, Revere stopped in Medford to alert the captain there of the situation, and then, quote, alarmed almost every house until he reached Lexington. Upon arriving in the town, Revere made his way to Reverend Clark's house, where Hancock and Adams were staying. Since he'd accomplished his primary mission, Revere decided to throw caution to the wind at this point, and made quite a commotion upon arrival, so much so 
that the sentry at the house told them to keep quiet for the residents had just turned in for the evening. According to William Monroe's testimony, Revere responded by shouting, Noise! You'll have noise enough before long. The regulars are coming out. Revere then convened with Adams and Hancock for a time, and the second writer from Boston, William Dawes, more on him tomorrow, arrived about a half hour later. Revere noted that they, quote, refreshed themselves, likely took a little bit of a break, maybe some drink and food, and then decided to press their luck and carry on the alarm to Concord. Along the route, they ran into Dr. Samuel Prescott, who Revere defined as a, quote, high son of liberty. Prescott was out quite late for a weeknight, returning to his house after visiting with his girlfriend. Prescott decided to assist in the alarm. At this stage, Revere's evasive luck ran out as the three men ran into a large British patrol. Prescott was able to escape, and of the three, he was the only one to make it to Concord to raise the alarm there. Dawes was also able to avoid capture, but Revere, after a few attempts to escape, was detained by the patrol. Revere was held for some time, but after the soldiers threatened him several times, he was able to talk his way out of the situation. In short, his information proved to the soldiers that Revere knew more about the impending action than they did, and they decided not to trifle with Revere and the few other riders they'd collected that evening. They ultimately let Revere go, but took his horse, meaning he was forced to return to Lexington on foot. Revere arrived back to find Hancock and Adams still on site, which must have been incredibly frustrating for him, but the two political leaders left with their families soon after. Revere's final action for the evening, now early morning, was to assist Hancock's secretary, John Lowell, to remove a trunk of very sensitive papers from the Buckman Tavern to the woods, which they accomplished just as the first shots rang out at Lexington Green. Revere's work was done for the evening, but his story, and his legend, of course, had just begun. We'll have much more to cover on the ride over the next two days, breaking down the story of the other writers that evening, and if Revere's ride was actually important. As always, keep in touch on our social media platforms, and be sure to send us videos or clips of your work in Reciting the Ride. We'll be back tomorrow, and until then, stay safe, and thanks for listening.